Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Episode 85 of the Get Out of Your Head mini-series. It's been a jazzy one so far. I've enjoyed it. And there's still so much more to come. It's exciting. Yes, indeed. So we are talking all about Jenny Allen's Get Out of Your Head. And this is the second episode in this mini-series. And we are covering chapters four, five, and six. Yeah, so we're going to get started here in chapter four, titled Breaking Free. When I think of breaking free, y'all, that's like when I get free from my kids. Like when me and my husband (laughs) get to go on a date night. We like run out of the house and we're like, we're free. We're free. Okay. Every time. You actually, you literally run? I literally run too. You literally are like hurry before (gasps) something happens and we have to be home. Okay. So here's what I always visualize. You know, the scene in Forrest Gump where he runs out of his (laughs) house down the driveway and then like beelines. Yeah. That is me every time. And then when I run out of the houses, wherever my kids are being dropped (laughs) off, I always laugh the whole time because I'm replaying that scene. Yeah. (laughs) We, our kids are older, like, you know when you go on that first date after having the baby and all you do is talk about the baby? Uh-huh. We still sometimes worry about the baby. talk about the kids, but it's a lot different. It's like, yeah. man, you know if so-and-so was here, they would have spilled their drink by now. <laughs> and if so-and-so was here, they would be so upset they only had two colors of crayons at this mm. restaurant. So it's a little different. I forget you also say crayons. You mean I say it correctly? It's crowns. Like on your head. Yes. It's homonym. If anything, phone. it's a crayon. Well, so it's certainly not crayons. <laughs> <laughs> I can agree we're both wrong. <laughs> we're both wrong. It's <laughs> being reading experts, it's really crayons. <laughs> but saying it your way and my way is just that much more fun and confusing for people who don't know crayons. But you know what that reminds me of? Breaking free. Yes. How did I know? It's all about getting out of that vicious cycle, negative self-talk, and breaking free from that. That's true. And I like how she gives the disclaimer in the book on, she talks about this period in her life. It's an 18-month window of time where she feels like she's losing it. She's And she's very clear about how you can't lose your faith. So there's the verse in the Bible that's neither height nor depth nor whatever that can separate us from your love. So it's not that you can lose your faith, but you can definitely not pour into a relationship. You know, we see that all the time mm-hmm. between friends or between spouses or between contacts from elementary or high school or college. So if you're not pouring into the relationship, it's not growing. But that doesn't mean you're going to lose your faith. I think on this side of the relationship with God, it feels like he's very distant. When in reality, he's like, I'm right here. Yes, come find me. I'm here waiting. Yes, I also like her heavy emphasis on community. 
and she dives into that more in the later chapters about specific things that they do to help each other. But I really love how she talks about community. They're going to speak life into you. Um, we actually have a blog post about three ways you can actually speak life into someone. Or So, yeah, we'll link it. And I think that's something that I run across too is I don't, I come up with reasons why I don't want to share what I'm going through with, you know, the people that are there for me and would love to be there for me. Um, you know, I don't want to burden them or they've gone through stuff way worse. This just feels like I'm whining or, I mean, there's so many, but I love what she says and I'm glad you brought up the community piece because that's what she said was like the first step to getting her out was she was talking to a friend about everything going on and oh my gosh the friend said none of this is from God the awfulness you've been experiencing this isn't who you are and there's so much just in that one statement Mm -hmm. so we'll get into this more too but you're supposed to take your thoughts and measure them up with truth that we find in the word and about God and God's truths and what's true about him. And we've, you know, preached that throughout ever since the beginning, really, of the podcast. But that's a good light to hold up to any negative thought you're having is, is this what God's telling you? Okay, if if right. God was telling you something about this topic, what would he be saying? And then I love, too, that she said this isn't who you are. So, I mean... That just speaks to the relational equity as well. So, number one, that they have developed that relationship over time, Mm -hmm. but then also that the author had the courage and the vulnerability aspect there to speak up and say, hey, here's what's really going on, and then to have that friend who is in tune with the Holy Spirit to speak life and say the right thing at the right moment, and even just that this isn't who you are. Like, I know who you are. You're in a valley, and we're going to get out together. Yeah, it goes back to something else we've said before, which is you don't have to believe every thought you think, that you should be challenging those thoughts. Again, the premise a lot here in this book, but just because a thought comes into your mind, that doesn't mean that is who you are. Exactly. um, I just thought that was something so simple, right? I think as friends, we always feel like, oh, especially during times where people are going through hardships, we're like, we don't know how to reach out because we don't know the just right thing to say. A lot of times you don't have to say anything, first of all. Mm -hmm. We can even just go on a coffee date and agree that we're not going to talk about it. And then before we say bye, word vomit it and then say bye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But sometimes it doesn't have to be super complicated, but just speaking what you know, like you said, having that relationship. And if you don't have that relationship with somebody, there are people in church. If you're part of a church, I know it's probably not as comfortable if you don't know them as well, but that that can speak God's truth into mm, you. There are also Christian counselors yep. who can do that, and they will give you all the wisdom that is from the Bible and also with their counseling background. So if you have absolutely no one, false, because you have us, false, you have God, and also there are people who you can go meet with, free or otherwise. Yep. So insurance can cover a lot of people. Um, I also really like how she talks about the power of memorizing Scripture There is one point where she's in this valley. Jenny Allen is in this valley, and she ends up traveling. And this verse that she had, she had memorized Psalm 139, and she was just clinging to it during this time. So again, we talk about memorizing those truths, memorizing scripture. Uh, Joe Paris talked about that in episode 62. He did the apologetics in the Switch on Your Brain episode. So if you want to listen to that. But 
there she when she travels and she listens to a preacher talk, he says the exact same thing she happened to have memorized in this life phase. Exactly. Um, so she decides she's going to go on the attack. So I think in this process, just if you're jumping in in this episode and you missed the chapters before, or just to give you the context, she realized uh, earlier that she was in you know a deep, dark place. But this is the part of the story where she realizes she's going to do something about it. And so you have to go on the offense, the attack, and go against it. Um, if you wait for it to pass, that's like what the enemy wants you to do, is just keep saying, it's fine, I can tolerate it, this isn't bad, I can still stick with it and not do it. He wants you to do nothing. Right, I mean, if you just think about that in a different way, like being in shape or out of shape. Okay, well... I'm not I'm not gonna go work out, like I'm not gonna actively do anything to stay in shape. I'm just gonna not do anything. But we talked about this also in Switch on Your Brain, like doing nothing is a choice. You are choosing to not move in an upward trajectory. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um and another part that resonated with me in that is that <laughs> she said, Because alone in the dark the devil can tell you whatever the hell he wants. Yes. So again, if you're not actively fighting against it and you're staying in that like stagnant position in life stagnant is not moving forward yeah stagnant is not growth yeah then you're just an easier target he doesn't want you to go find the friends and the community that can you know combat his lies for you Mm -hmm. um, or pull you up out of that dark space so I just would challenge just from my own experiences if you're out there and you're you feel like you're burdening someone, you're not. That's the lie he's telling you, so you won't go talk to the people to help pull you out of those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about his lies we talked about before, too, is it seems like there could be a little truth. There's going to be some part of it that you could maybe argue. But again, it's not truth. It's a lie. Man, do you remember doing fact and opinion in elementary school? Mm-hmm. And the teacher's like, everybody loves pizza. And you're like, fact duh and she's like no it's an opinion <laughs> did you and know some like, people don't like it okay i don't think you know fact and opinion lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that same kind of thing right like sure it sounds like a fact everyone loves pizza but in fact it is not a fact when sometimes you're too close to the situation to yeah. even know uh, there's you're going to quote something later about the devil being sneaky mm-hmm. and so you might not realize you're in a pit until you look up and go, how did I get here? And that's what we're trying to avoid. That's what We'd say that a lot in the podcast. We don't want to be the people who wake up one day and go, how did we get here? How did we just become roommates? Or how do we become just acquaintances? Or how, how did we get here? And I like to, you alluded that others have a different perspective on it. Uh, Tori, the other day, she came up to me upset. And she was like, upset that, I was even going to help her. And here's how she came up to me and she goes, I'm really upset and I've already thought and there's nothing that can make it better or fix it. All right. See you later. (laughs) Do you want to talk about it? (laughs) How do I help you right now? It's just like she knew that talking to me would probably make it better, but it wasn't going to magically go the way she originally planned or go back exactly the way it was even though we'd come up with some alternative and she'd end up being fine she wanted it to be the exact way she either thought it was or that it had been before whatever the situation sounds like a little bit of a one maybe 
but or six, depending on motive. We talked about it and we solved the problems for that day. Look at there, mom <laughs> fixes everything. Yeah, so I, I sometimes we might even be in that situation like, oh, I know if I go and I talk to so and so, it'll be better, but. I don't know. You, I, at least I've had those times where I'm like, I want to stew in it. Force. Mm-hmm. Force. <laughs> Force feel me. There's at least Force, you need some, You need someone to help you climb out of the pit of emotions sometimes. Yes. Slash also talking to myself who goes to a four in stress. Yeah. I need someone to drag me out. A relentless like, seven. So something I did today, actually, when I was feeling in a funk earlier... I had, when Morgan walked in the door from work today, I said, hey, here in a little bit, can we do a three-minute hug? And he was like, like, three whole minutes? <laughs> Morgan's an eight, everybody. So, uh, and I was like, yeah, three minutes, just here in a little bit. And he's like, okay, all right. And so we just stood in the kitchen hugging for three minutes. But I immediately, after that, felt so much better, all because of like releasing the endorphins and all that stuff, and then... Yeah, so there's a little tactic if you needed it. Yeah, it works. Hug it out. Hug, hug it out. When in doubt, hug it out. <laughs> Quote me. <laughs> um, cons- Pinterest pin coming your way. <laughs> consider the audience or the person you're hugging. Uh, the I, Morgan gave consent. If you are looking for practical <laughs> and you can't do a three-minute hug, <laughs> here's what Jenny Allen did. So she laid out her plan of attack with community, which that's, with community, we, we are designed and created to have relationships, so that. But she also did prayer, fasting, she had declarations that kept her grounded, and she kept repeating to herself, um, I can change, and it's it's my choice to change. Yeah, that, that whole choice bit, mm-hmm. um, I think, is a really big hurdle for most people. Um, and I have this, I'm looking at my notes, everybody, and I had it written down coming up so you probably get to hear it mm-hmm. twice lucky you but <laughs> a quantum xeno effect yes if you feel like you don't have a choice then i consider you dive into why don't you feel like you have a choice or why possibly is it that you don't want things to change which you might be like yeah shut up lady obviously i want things to change but do you really want to do is it the work you know it's going to take the pain you're going to have to go through for the change um i like how Brene talked about foreboding joy Mm -hmm. i hadn't had a word to put on it but it's like if i get to a really good place and i'm in the high part of life and something brings me down that crash is going to hurt way more than just being in this like funk constant funk that doesn't hurt so much because you're not falling from such a high so either like, you know, you're satisfied with something, but you don't want to improve it because again, if you fail, that's not fun or you don't want to get your hopes up and then them come crashing down because that's very painful. So you say, well, this is the lesser of two evils and you just kind of, kind of hang out there. So I do, mm-hmm. I challenge you and that's not like, okay, you're the goal, what I just explained, but I do challenge you that if you really feel like it's not a choice. Why, okay, why don't you feel like mm-hmm. it's a choice? And is it the steps it takes to actually move forward? And if you need help with that, actually a year ago, at the time of this re- 
whenever this episode's coming out, that's when we were doing our Daring Greatly mm-hmm. mini-series. So that's episodes 28 through 38. If you feel like you are self-sabotaging subconsciously, especially subconsciously, you don't even know it's happening. And then she explains it, and you're like, oh, whoops, I do that. Yeah. But these days, especially with social media and technology in general, and I think it's probably been around forever, we kind of self-sabotage by comparing ourselves to others. So she talks about... Um, so in Romans twelve two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Now I've read that scripture five hundred times, okay, maybe only seventeen, but I, it's the second part that just stuck out to me, which it says that by testing, mm-hmm. and we know that as Christians we're not, you know, um, immune to having hard times, but it's by testing that you may discern what is the will of God. So again, this whole chapter is about you have this negative thought or emotion, you check it, and that's your test, and then you're holding it up to God's truth. And through those experiences, the more often you do it, it'll be just like a routine or a reflex that, you know, um, every time a thought comes into your head, you're constantly holding it up to God's truth. And so then it finishes with, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There you go. And she also mentions in the chapter, like, this is not easy to do. Mm-mm. Otherwise, everybody would be doing it. And it would be a piece of cake. But she says, you need to give yourself grace, Enneagram ones, and you need to have patience to do it. And here's some more motivation for the process, which we know might not be um, easy or, you know, like, really great right off the bat. It's going to be a habit you develop, but she says she saw healing quickly when she went on the attack side of things, started fighting back, which I love quick results. Oh, yeah. Microwave generation. Yeah. Give it to me, like, as fast as possible. That'd be great. Microwave generation. Well, that, and you can't win if you don't score. So if you don't go on the attack ever, it's going to be hard for you to stop taking the mills. Yeah, and she wraps the chapter, uh, chapter four up with saying, day by day, we fight to be the captors of our thoughts rather than the ones taken captive. Boom. Dang. Say no more, say no more. Yes. Okay, so rolling into chapter five. Yes, titled, Where Thoughts Are Captured. Look at that segue. That was pretty good with the captors. <laughs> We're captive. getting better at this. Well, I'll give her credit for that transition. Thank you, Jenny Allen, for <laughs> making us better at this. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So in this chapter, she talks about how you think 31 thoughts a minute. What? 31? I'm smarter than everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I like how she also talks. So that can be overwhelming. You're like, okay, take every thought captive. Right. If I'm having 31 thoughts every minute, I am constantly capturing thoughts. It's overwhelming. It seems like it's impossible. Obviously, it's not. Do you think they averaged like... Women think 60, men think two, until they got 31. (laughs) teachers think a million. I don't know. Uh, Let's round down 31. Uh, But she, I like how she talks about, you don't need, you just, the tactic that you can use is just, you need one solid thought to interrupt the spiraling. So if you do catch yourself, you have a negative thought. The The quicker you can capture the negative thought, the better. So let's say I'm in, down in the dumps, and it's been like, an hour. The second I am now aware that I've been thinking this, I need to have an interrupting thought. Uh, the analogy that 
pops into my mind is when my kids spill, spill a drink, like a water bottle, okay? Tips over and they go, oh, mommy, I spilled my water. Meanwhile, it's sitting there going, <laughs> good sound and effects. So, yes, I can't. <laughs> One more time. Symbols. One more time. Oh, I don't know. Now there's so much pressure. <laughs> it's okay. I'll do symbols. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Come on. <laughs> there you go. It's like the waves <sighs> of water. Anyways, the point is, my kids now know the second something spills, the very first thing you instantly do is pick it up. Pick yep. It up. And the way you train them is as soon as it spills, you go, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> repeat, 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 repeat. And so now it's a reflex, right? The second something spills, the first thing they do is they pick it up. Because you know what their first thought is? Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, yes. pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> and then I've had to train myself because I've seen this too many times that like it takes less than five minutes to clean up a spill, but like forever to take back all the harsh words you say to your kid ooh, and so ooh, one more time one more time specifically with spills it takes five minutes to clean up less than five minutes to clean up a spill but much longer a lifetime to take back the mean things you said to your oh kid. So, snap out of all the parenting things i was like i think i can do that one yeah so that's quite the trade-off pick it up pick it up pick it up and then once they do i say what do we do when we spill that's my, you have to give yourself a phrase because if you're uh-huh. like, I told you to put it at the, you know, two o'clock on your paper plate and you had it down here at five o'clock and knocked it with your bow. Yes. <laughs> I told you you were going to spill and you did it. And now it's everywhere. No, mm-mm. that you helps no one. You got to say, okay, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Yeah. If you can't say what anything you positive, you, <laughs> you can say, pick it up. <laughs> yeah. I can't say anything nice, but I sure can ask a question. So yes. then they say, we clean it up. And then I'm like, yes, here you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I will guide you through this. What does this have to do with anything? Let me tell you. So when you start having that thought that's going to send you spiraling, the second you have that first, maybe it's not till the second thought that you mm-hmm. catch it, you need to pick up that water bottle. Capture it, capture it, capture that, it, capture it. Capture it then. Don't play it out and try to justify and have that like discussion with yourself because for whatever reason, you're going to start spiraling. Mm-hmm. If you are feeling like you can't do this on your own, you're right. You need Jesus. But the great thing is, is that he is equipping you to be able to tear down the toxic thoughts. So he, once you have crossed the line of faith, he's there to be like, all right, let's go. He's the one going, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, yeah. pick it up. <laughs> what do we do when we pick it up? Yeah. What happens when we spill? We clean it up. Right. He's the one there to be like, okay, now what do we do once we capture the thought? Compare it to the truth. Like, yeah, good job. There. I'll guide you through it. Here's my Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I hand out paper towels. He hands out Mm -hmm. the Bible. You know. Almost the same Basically the... (laughs) (laughs) Blasphemer. (laughs) Okay, so her, she alludes to, like, gives the analogy of when a toddler throws a fit, we immediately correct it. Mm. Or we try to. So we need to do that (laughs) to ourselves, too, like... Sometimes I don't realize I'm throwing a fit until I've been in a funk for an hour and then I need to ask my husband to do a three-minute hug. (laughs) I just need to hug it out. Yeah. And then, too, she talks about, golly, this resonated with me, how she was like, how we think directly results in how we live. And, again, some of these Mm -hmm. things when you read, you're like, yeah, well, duh. But I know that I've caught myself trying to fix and do all these other things to have you know, a happy, healthier life. But one thing that I don't start with or have in the top three things is my thought life. 
And so, you know, maybe it's the, if I had a new wardrobe, or if I ate the, ate better, or tried a new, you know, cleansing product, and, you know, if I woke up early and worked out, which some of these things are great things, mm-hmm. but one of the top things need to be our thoughts. I think before we've talked about how, you know, your thoughts become your words yeah. and your words, your actions and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so I just encourage you, if you feel like you've done a lot of, made a lot of changes and put a lot of time and energy in these other ventures to, you know, improve your life and how you want to live maybe you need to put your thought life higher up the priority list. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. crazy how much your mind controls everything. And she talks, Jenny Allen talks about a specific interrupting thought. If you needed a catchphrase like pick it up, pick it up, or capture it, capture it, hers is I have a choice. Mm-hmm. And it is I can believe this or not. So how, let me filter it through. Is this what God says? Yes, believe it. No, throw it away. I like too how she talks about Again, kind of checking your thoughts. If you're, if you don't feel like it's a choice, you know, why do you feel that Mm -hmm. way? Another big thing she talks about too is what do you fixate on? Mm -hmm. And so, again, I think some people might feel defensive. I don't fixate on anything. And so she says, well, it's going to be the thing you constantly think about, and it could be things that you justify as being totally appropriate. I love her examples. Yeah, she talks about you know your health. Well, yeah, who doesn't want to be healthy? But then fixating on it where that's consuming all of you. Right, constantly looking up cleanses, constantly worrying, working out, constantly, to, like, that's top of mind, top of mind, top of mind. Or even the example of that someday your kid's going to rebel. Like, So you're going to yeah. read a lot of parenting books mm-hmm. and seek a little, she's like, you're going to read parenting books, listening to parenting podcasts. You're going to do all the parenting things to try to do the best you can in that. But what I think is interesting, too, so I, you know, read that, I'm like, yeah, 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 got it, got it, got it. But when I went through it the second time, it's like, when I fixate on those things, it, I don't necessarily fixate on the positive. I don't fixate on, you know, if I'm worried about my health, I don't fixate on, I could be healthy. Kind of like... Yeah, or look how strong I am now. Yeah, what's the quote where they're like, what if I fall? And they say, but... What if you fly? Dear, what if you mm-hmm. fly? And so that's what came to mind with fixation and why it sometimes, well, usually has a negative connotation is we're not fixating on the positive side. It's all on the negative side. And that makes me think of our Everything is Figureoutable miniseries with Marie Forleo's book. And she talks about how a lot of people are worst case scenario thinkers. And she's like, what if we just started doing best case scenario? Like if you're sure you could go down the rabbit hole, do that. But then immediately you need to do what's the best case scenario. And go from there. And I like how Jenny mentions in the book as well, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose how you're going to leverage it. So even if you're stuck, you can choose what you're going to do next and choose how you're going to propel yourself. Either way, you're moving the needle. Which way are you moving it? And that's up to you. And, you know, throughout this, she constantly comes back to, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just telling you the consequences of it. I'm telling you... The benefits when you do capture your thoughts and so on and so forth. So one sprinkle of encouragement in here is she refers to it's not on your strength or power, but it's on God's. Mm -hmm. So you can't do this on your own. You're going to do it and give it to God because that's how much we know how hard and difficult um, it can be to be in a deep, dark space Mm -hmm. from time to time. So in that time to time could be 
days, months, years. Right. So uh, just, I like that she butted in here with a reminder. Mm-hmm. It, it, you don't have to have the strength to decide to make the change or choice. Um, it's giving it to God because it's his strength and power that you'll need. For sure. She says, trust Jesus more than you trust your own ability. I mean, have you ever tried to quit Dr. Pepper on your own? <laughs> um, towards the end of the chapter two, um, she reminds you too that it, by doing this prop process by abruptly interrupting these thoughts before they spiral out of control not only are you getting better thoughts but since you're holding them up to God's truth since you're giving them to God that you're getting more of God Mm -hmm. Um, so I think of like a workout if you show up and go through the motions okay but if you go through and put the effort in doing the same quote-unquote workout but the intention and efforts there um, engage getting, your core you're getting more yes what is it they always say like bring your belly button in and up and <laughs> as much body, as I can suck it in after three kids belly button, my belly button only moves side to side now <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't just get better though Lord better thoughts <laughs> I gotta get back to this because people are getting grossed out um, we get more of God. So we get out of, more out of God when we take our thoughts captive. She taught, She also gives some a little few tactics at the end. Like if the more humble you are, the more gratitude you're feeling and the more service you're providing and leading with that like servant leadership, servant heart, that's going to expedite the process as well. Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. Chapter six. Here, make the shift. Good enunciation. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Make After the, the belly button comment, I had to be careful with that one. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> oh, man. I like how she talked about recognizing the strongholds and being aware of what you're thinking. So metacognition is also like thinking about your thinking, and we talk about that a lot in education. But if you, the more aware of your thoughts that you are, the better you're going to leverage any situation, especially your thinking just minute by minute. Yeah, and she goes deeper in this chapter to... Um, whatever you believe about yourself or what you tell yourself about the world around you, determine the actions you take. And so if you're in a negative state, it's probably no surprise that you might armor up. You might put Mm -hmm. up walls. You might be trying to numb your pain um, in possibly unhealthy ways. Um, Or, you know, hiding your fear or faking your happiness. And I know I can relate to all four of those (laughs) again choosing to do nothing is still a choice Mm -hmm. and so I think when people say you know they're not making a choice well you may have been doing one of those things I mean your pain faking your happiness hiding fear or putting up walls Mm -hmm. Um, so again you're still making a choice even if you're not choosing to make a change So she walks through an exercise through the book with you. So if you want to get your copy of the book and do this exercise, that'd be helpful. But it's a four-step process about how to think about your thinking and what to do and how to submit your thoughts to Christ, which is really cool. Yeah, there's a good journaling process. Um, We can't talk about journaling enough. We like to Mm -hmm. give you guys little workbooks to do throughout different book mini-series that we do. Um, We think it's powerful. So. Oh, now you go. So Mark Batterson, he is an author that we might read one of his books next. But he says, pray like it depends on God, but work like it depends on you. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you hear that we're the guys praying like, God, just please let me win the lottery. Please let me win the lottery. And he, God's like, you have to buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> 
come on, man. <laughs> Not saying that you guys should gamble all your money away, but yeah, that's Just a good some one. of it. I like that one. What? <laughs> we won't give too much of the process away because, again, we want you to get the book yourself. There's so much more in here. But I think the important piece, one important piece out of there is identifying that prevailing emotion um, because that's going to be directly con- connected to, I like how she says this, life-sucking lies. (laughs) (laughs) It's because they are. Yes, they do. They suck the life out of everything. Energy vampire, as John Gordon would say. Yeah, so once you do that, and again, go through uh, the steps she has in these chapters, then you can begin to heal. And there's something about that phrase, begin to heal, that just brings me so much hope and joy. For sure. So, again, it's outlined really nicely in the book, so we highly recommend that you get it. Um, I think another key part in here, too, that you mentioned a little earlier, Brooke, is she talks about evil never wants to be noticed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've ever had a friend or coworker say, you okay? Is everything okay? You seem kind of down. And you're like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Maybe you don't answer like that out loud. Maybe you do. But <laughs> Just Farron does. <laughs> uh, no, I'm a nine. Say, no. Do you need help with anything? I can do something else for you. What would you like me to do? Um, so it creeps up on you guys, and I, I think I've noticed that before, whether I've noticed it, I blow up at my kid for something, I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? Or have someone say something to me like, you seem down today, is everything okay? And so again, evil does not want to be noticed. It wants to get in there and mess everything up before you catch it. So kind Yeah, of like, how much damage can I do until they notice? It's like the people that go rob big diamonds in the movies and they're like going through the laser mm-hmm. thing how far can i get <laughs> before i set one off and then we gotta run out of the building the thing is you have to realize that he the devil knows he loses in the end he knows this so his tactic is gonna be if i'm going down i gotta take as many people as i can as quick as i can i like at the end of the chapter how she talks about um having this new life right the renewal of the mind when you are a believer in Christ, you're a whole different person. And I think about my faith journey, to put it eloquently. Mm-hmm. You know, like in childhood, you go to church, your parents take you, they sign you up for the mission retreats and the Bible camps and all the things. And that's great, but it's almost like you're going for them. And maybe I'm speaking for me and a small group of people. Um, but your faith life is actually kind of shared by a whole bunch of people that support you. And then for me in college, it was like, I know I should be going to church. I talk to God like on the days I have big tests and (laughs) before soccer games and stuff, you know. So um, it just, it wasn't quite there. But in adulthood, I definitely feel like there's that want to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that could even be like brushing your teeth. When you're a kid, you're like, oh, do I have to? But now, oh my gosh. If I was on a desert island, des- deserted island and I had to take only like two things, one would be a toothbrush. I have to brush my teeth. So anyways, I think your faith can grow and mature with you as well. Um, but I think it, it, it's an active, conscious process, just like it is taking your thoughts captive. And so, again, if you want to grow, we talk about spiritual growth a lot on this podcast. And so, again, if you've tried different tactics, uh, reading your Bible, 
journaling, uh, Bible studies, those are all great things, please do them. But if your thought life in regards to those practices is a have to or ought to, or my mom will be so happy to hear that I'm driving to my Bible study class. Uh, it's you missed not, it. Yeah, it's not the right why. So aside from just wanting to have better mental health, and she preaches, and we believe it too, that it'll improve your relationship with God, I challenge you to challenge your thought life when it comes to doing daily routines or um, habits in your spiritual growth. I love it. So this wraps up part one of Jenny Allen's book, Get Out of Your Head. Next week, we're going to tackle part two, and that's all about taking down the enemies of our minds. Let's get on. Boom. We help busy Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have happier, healthier lives. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes.